Acts chapter 3, verse 19. I'm going to ask you to stand if you can. And just like Sunday, I'll only ask you to stand one more time. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. I'm going to be reading from the King James Version. When you have it, will you signify by saying, I have the bread? Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord and all of God's people said, Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. The Lord has already moved in such a mighty way. I'll just speak to you. Uh, from the subject just for a few moments I changed my mind I changed my mind we are here in the month of January or what we say in Hebrew Tibet a moment where the king has given us access to his presence this is the time that many churches to set themselves up for the entire year they take a time of fasting and praying because fasting and praying uh, resets us. It realigns us. I don't care how nice of a car you have and how much money you spend on your tires. If you put some miles on it, at some point you got to bring it in for it, so it can be realigned. Because of potholes and because of uh, wear and tear. I spoke to my son not too long ago because he was looking for a new car and he found this uh, Porsche, this luxury car he wanted. And I had to have a real conversation with him. I said, can you afford the car? He said, yeah, pa, this is how much I make and this is how much the payments are. I said, uh, 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 no, it's not about the payments. It's about the maintenance. Because the oil change in the Camry is different than the oil change in the Benz. And that's why some people ask for things that they don't have the capacity to maintain. There are a lot of people who said they want to be married. But the truth is what I'm finding out is I pastor a church full of millennials and Generation X even. And Z's, some of them don't want to be married. They just want a wedding. And if that's what you want, you just ought to throw yourself a birthday banquet. Come on. Because marriage is a ministry that goes beyond one day. And Instagram reels and Facebook posts. You can't be submitted to leadership you see one time a week. So how are you going to be submitted to each other that you got to live in the house with every day? Oh, oh yeah, I'm glad we shouted earlier. Some of y'all didn't. <laughs> and, and, so, uh, and so, yes, uh, we have to experience maintenance in the kingdom. We have to experience what I call an oil change. It's not, it's, the question is not, are you anointed? The question is, what's in your oil? There are some people in church, they have contaminated oil. Nothing is worse when we have to have a discussion when it comes to bringing in a preacher or bringing in a singer. 
The question is not if are they anointed, but what else comes with their oil? Oh my God. Because you can be anointed and messy. Cold and complicated. Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, we need an oil change. You know the Bible says, man should not live by bread alone. Come on, Bible readers, but every word that do proceeded out of the mouth of God. If you don't understand that, many of us will kill our futures and our destinies, destroy our ministries and our marriages by being loyal to what God said. Oh. No, really. We will be so loyal to what God said that we end up killing our destinies. So I said, Preacher, what are you talking about? Abraham, take your son up on the mountain. Lay him down for a sacrifice. Yes, Lord. So Abraham laid Isaac down. Tied him to the altar. And pulled out a knife ready to do what God said. And then at the moment he got ready to sacrifice his son, the angel of the Lord says, hold up. God was testing you. He says, look over there. He got a ram caught in the bush. But if Abraham would have stayed loyal to what God had already said, he would have ended up killing his promise. Many people are tied to what he said yesterday. But have you checked in with him lately? And so these times of consecration allows us to come back to the, to the lips of God to make sure we are, we're on his agenda. That we're still going the right direction. Because many of us have mastered the method of God to the point we missed the move of God. I'm not questioning whether God told you to do that, but is that what he's still saying? Because God don't change, but he's constantly changing us. And we are creatures. I'm not talking all right here. We are creatures of habit. And we like to feel safe. We like to know how it's going to pan out and who's going to do what at what time, right? But if God is a healer, oh, he's a healer. But if you look at the scriptures, he didn't always heal the same way. Sometimes he spoke the word. Woman touched the hem of his garment. She was healed. He even spat down on the ground and made mud and put it on the man's face. If he would have only did it one way, we would have a whole denomination of churches called spit on my face and watch me get healed, church of the living God. Because we like to master methods, but tell your neighbor, don't miss the move. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. See, some of you can't press into the service unless it's the right preacher, the right singer, the right musician, the right lighting. But let me tell you something, baby. I I don't care how it happens as long as it happens. I want an oil change. I want to stay fresh. I want to stay. And I believe this is why sometimes God abandons the spaces that we met him in. No, really. We want to hear a certain sound. It needs to come from a certain person. 
it needs to be a certain style. God said, there are moments I will hide from you. Because if I don't hide, you won't seek. So this is what consecration is. It's, it's a realignment. Because you can't do marriage more than eight months and not need a refreshing. I know you love your little devil, I mean your little angels. <laughs> I mean, you really do love your kids. You, I mean, your kids are amazing. But can we just have a conversation? Just me and you, don't talk about it out loud. Have they ever got on your last nerves so bad? That you just want to pull over on the side of the road and say, get out. Oh, you didn't did it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I, okay. Maybe some of y'all don't understand because your child is only three, four, five. But have you ever experienced the demon called teenager? Where they are, when they are as big as you are, but they don't have the maturity in mind. And because they think they're tall, they think they can talk the way they want to talk. And, and you got to say, oh, hold me back, Holy Ghost. Because I won't buy these clothes and put them on your back. I will not put food in your mouth and then you disrespect me. Some of y'all have to repent for some, not the tongues that came, but some other words. Because a child will test every bit. Let me pull myself back. I ain't trying to testify tonight. Mm. If you do ministry for any period of time, you need reviving. You need consecration to get yourself still, to make sure you're still in the flow of God. Because if you don't, that's why I thank God for pastors like Bishop Seth. I thank God for churches like Chosen Vessel. It says, okay, in January, we don't need a conference. We don't need workshops. Let me talk about this. Do y'all know how many Pentecostal churches now don't have Pentecost? You know how many churches now got holy dances but no holy ghosts? Well, we are a concert hall and conferences, but the Bible says that yokes will be destroyed because of the anointing. Somebody shout, we need the oil. I need more than a three-point message. I need more than melodious singing. I need the anointing in my life. Because if not, you will find yourself walking in ministry like a zombie. Doing ministry on autopilot. And you got to go back and find out where you left Jesus. You got you to gotta retrace. How many people are like me? You lose everything. I mean, your keys, your wallet, not your phone, but everything else. <laughs> and nothing is more annoying to me than when I lose something. Somebody asked me, well, what was the last time where if I knew that? So the best way to find it is I have to retrace. I have to retrace my steps. And I want to talk to some people in this room because you're pouring out to everybody else. And even when we go in for God, you stand like this, like you're a, 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 a spiritual supervisor. And you go like this, yes, Lord, touch them. Do it for them, God. Yes, them over there. 
But let me tell you, I don't care how long you've been in church. Every once in a while, you can say, okay, forget y'all. God, I need... When was the last time you cried in God's presence? When was the last time you fell out and rolled in the floor? When was the last time you forgot about your position and your title? Because at the end of the day, it's not about my position in church. It's about my place in God. The Bible says many will say in that day, Lord, Lord, I prophesied, not tried to prophesy, but I prophesied in thy name. I cast out devils in thy name. And he'll say, depart from me. I know you not, ye worker a church worker you worker of iniquity how did that happen i'm not saying you were looking for sin god want me to say this tonight you aren't looking for sin and what you called a moment because we all have moments right but what you called a moment when you look up you find out it's been a pattern and you stayed longer than you anticipated you weren't looking for sin you were looking for relief because everybody else had their vice that they were doing what they needed to do. Now you didn't found yourself slipping. Oh my God. But still serving. Oh my God. The church just shut down on me in here. Preaching. Hallelujah. But slipping. Singing and slipping. And yes, we all fall short. But after a while you stop getting up. This is why we need consecration. Because consecration. Are y'all still with me tonight? Consecration means being set apart. And now we're in an hour of the church where we don't want to be consecrated. We're trying to find out how much of the world we can have and still be considered saved. We don't want to be consecrated. We want the mixture. When he says, come out from among them. Oh my God, I need a hole in this church in here. When he says there should be a difference between light and darkness, a difference between holy and uh, uh, y'all don't believe in holiness over here. Follow peace with all men. In other words, you don't cuss, you don't fight, you're not causing division. Follow peace with all men, holiness without. No man. I want you to look at the person beside you. Some, somebody's going to write this, but tell the person beside you, tell them the pursuit of holiness is holy itself. Because what happens is because the standard is so low around us and because we have fallen so many times within us, after a while we start settling and start considering it's unobtainable. But even if you feel like you can never get there, the pursuit of holiness is holiness itself. The mere fact I still want to be right. Mm. The mere fact I still want to be holy. Anybody? Because the Bible says in this last day, many will not acknowledge God in their consciousness. And God will turn them over. I need you to tell your neighbor, don't lose your conviction. Maybe that's the reason why we don't know to praise him. We praise him for the blessing. We praise him for the house. But sometimes you need to shout and praise God for correction. The mere fact that God corrects you means he still want to use you. I said praise him for correction praise him because he didn't let you get away with it because the Bible says he only takes time to chasten those that he loves stay in pursuit 
stay in, stay in pursuit of holiness. And I'm going to tell you what happens when you haven't had consecration and you don't take time and pray and fast. You start getting desensitized. You start losing your sensitivity. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Know what? Stand in the way of sinners. Know what? Sit in the seat. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Nor stand in the way of sinners. Nor sit in the seat of the scumper. See what happened is when you're not postured in consecration one minute you're walking you're walking in it then after a while you get desensitized you start standing in it and now three months later you're still shacking and you I'm sorry and now you're sitting in it but scream at somebody tell them wake up wake up wake up your calling is greater than that wake up wake up you got a greater assignment stop comparing your standard to people who don't have your assignment so we need consecration to make us sober again to make us oh to make us alert again for us to be reminded that a charge to keep I have and a God to glorify I know you want revelations of the, about the prophets but I go back to Romans chapter 12 again I beseech you therefore brother by the mercies of God that you present your body as a living sacrifice come on y'all that's been on the fast heavy holy and acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the rhythm scream at somebody tell them I changed my mind I'm too anointed to stay in this cycle. I'm too anointed to stay in this trap. The devil is a liar. I know this ain't the sermon that somebody want to hear tonight. But I come with a spotlight from the Holy Ghost. Hey, I come tonight. Hallelujah. Just pull somebody out of a rut, out of a cycle. Tell somebody you're too anointed to stay there. You all be seated I'll finish. What happens? How do we get there? We get off, offset. There's a few things I want to share with you quickly. Number one, unforgiveness. Now, unforgiveness. You are trapped in unforgiveness because you haven't forgave. You haven't forgave. You're still holding it. And unforgiveness turns into bitterness. And bitterness is like you drinking poison and waiting for somebody else to die. Tell the person beside you, tell them, release it. And tell them, and do it for you. 
They don't have to, they don't have to earn it. Some of you all cannot wait for somebody to come up and ask you for forgiveness. You can't afford that. You don't have that much time to lose. You got to create your own closure. They may not respond. They may not answer back. They may be dead, but they are dead and you're still living in the trauma of it. Forgive, 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 forgive. You tell me you're going to stay in the house with them and not forgive them? We're going to go to the same church and during the time of fellowship, I got to get around you? Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, don't even let the sun go down on your wrath. I know somebody said, well, Bishop, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know. If you knew the details, you would understand. Well, I'm going to give you some motivation. To for- I'm going to give you some motivation for forgiving them no matter what they did. What did you do to God? A follow-up question. And how many times did you do it? When you said you were never going to do it again. I'm not telling you. got to learn how to reconcile. That don't mean you got to reopen the account. But I removed the debt. I will use my own maturity and sobriety to determine whether we should continue. But according to what you've already done, I release it and I release you. I let it go. 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 I'm coming for it tonight. I see you in here. I let it go. I let it go. I let it go. Because some of you are holding on to your unforgiveness as a comfort blanket. You hold it on to it like a comfort blanket And you say you over it but you're not Because it keeps coming up And you're checking their Facebook page Now look at them Look at who? You know who I'm talking about No, my mind don't live there and, th- and this is what's uh, it's funny because some of you need to remove yourself from people who want to keep you in that place. Don't keep rubbing my shoulder over something I should be over with by now. Oh, don't keep massaging my trauma. At some point, I need some real friends to say, all right now, it's been five years. They didn't marry somebody else and they, they didn't move on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. Because your future is not connected to anybody who dropped you in your past. If God let you, hey, if God let you survive it, it's because there's something greater in your future. You don't have to scream at the person. Tell them, let it go. Just tell them, let it go. And let me be honest with you. Forgiveness is not a moment. It's a posture. You got to be postured in forgiveness. Because this world we're living in now, people will offend you and don't even know they offended you. If you grew up in my family and my 90, almost 91-year-old grandmother is watching right now, my family. And I always said, if you can make it in my family, you can fight in Afghanistan. This generation couldn't, couldn't handle it in the younger family. Because when you walk in the door, they say, oh, you need to pull back from the table. You didn't got big. 
I lost a few pounds and walked in. I said, oh, your face is sinking in. What's wrong? You ain't been feeling good. You need to eat something. It's like I can never win. One time I walked out preaching and my mama was looking at me going like this. And I know like, what is it? What is it? And I've gotten after her. Don't talk to me from the audience because people can see me and they can't see you. I'm trying to figure out what you're saying. So I looked at my armor bearer. I said, go ask my mama, what is it that she wants? What is so important? Because sometimes it would be, I need your part of the insurance money because I was still on her car. Anyway, mind your business. She had a better driving record than me. So I'm like, what is that? I got my own car insurance. Now, what is it? And so the armor bearer, Brother James, came back said, Mother Younger said, you need to go put on a robe. Because your, your suit is too tight. I said, you go back and tell Mama that this is a European cut suit. Brother James went and told my Mama, said, this is a European cut suit. Bishop said, it's a European cut suit. And James came back to me and says, your Mama said, you're not from Europe. hold everything you better listen your capacity to hear it and not let it hinder you will determine how far you can go and some of you you so easily church hurt you don't get that job hurt you know why because you're not there for the friendship you're there for the paycheck and at some point you said when I come to church it'll be good if I meet some friends but I ain't got to bring nobody to my house to get in God's house everybody at my job don't come to my house so everybody to go to my church is not coming to my house so unforgiveness keeps us trapped we end up not experiencing the flow of God in our lives. Another thing that hinders us from experiencing the flow of God in our lives is the spirit of division. Because when we get ready to do spiritual warfare, we start coming against the spirit of Jezebel and Leviathan, the spirit of Absalom. But listen to what the scripture says. For all of you that want to rebuke the spirit of perversion and homosexuality and adultery and murder, all that stuff is real. But the Bible says in Proverbs, six things the Lord hate. And the seventh is an abomination. And what is the seventh one? Those who sow discord among the brethren. And listen to what it says. It just said those who cause discord, those who sow it. I'm talking about people who drop little seeds in people's ears and then stand back and watch it happen. You got to watch. Don't you be so easily deceived. Don't be so easily feeble and manipulative, manipulated that you let people sow seeds in your spirit. This is why we need fresh oil. The allegorical text of Psalm 23 says the Lord is a shepherd. And because the Lord is a shepherd, in that text, that means we're sheep. When he says he prepares a table before us in the presence of his enemy, in the presence of our enemies, that's not a food table. Because sheep don't eat at tables. So what is a table? A table is a geographical, uh, uh, a geographical landscape. We call it plateaus. An elevated plane. 
So what he says, I'll prepare a table, a plateau for you in the presence of your enemy. In other words, I will fix it that your enemy will be close enough to see you, but you'll be too high for your enemy to touch you. Oh, I feel a church here. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel because somebody waiting for you to fail, but they can't touch you. They got a gun, but they ain't got no bullets. If they could just find something on you, they will assassinate your character. But somebody scream, shout, they got the gun, but they ain't got no bullets. God, God set me up in a high place. Then it says, thou anointed my head with emotion, with oil. Why your head? Why your head with the one? Because don't forget, when I talk about a king, when I talk about a priest, we're talking about sheep. We have to stay consistent. When the oil is on the head of a sheep, a, a shepherd will put oil on the head of the sheep so the oil can flow down by the ears of the sheep. It's all about the hearing. Hallelujah. The oil is for your ears. Why? Because your ear gates is connected to your inside. It's connected to your soulish realm. That's why some of y'all sitting here messed up tonight because the wrong person been nibbling, I mean talking in your ears. But when the oil is on the head, are y'all all right over here? Y'all sitting kind of tight, you good? Come on, push me so you won't expose you. Come on, preach bishop. Go ahead, bishop. When the oil comes down on the ears of the sheep, it's to protect the sheep from parasites and insects that will lay eggs and lava in the head of the sheep. Because y'all have heard about mad cow disease, but there's another disease where insects get in the ears of the sheep and all of a sudden you will see the sheep beating its head up against the rock. And that's why some of us are operating in self-sabotaging behavior because you kept your ears open to the wrong person. But God says tonight, I want to anoint you. I want to cover your ear case. You ain't going to divide my house, devil. I'm covering my ear case. You're not going to keep me out of my church, enemy. I am covering my ear case. So you go to chosen vessel. Yeah. Well, I heard. Don't do that. No, I was just saying, you have nothing to say. I just wanted to tell you, uh, sister so-and-so really sung Sunday. Oh, yeah, she's anointed. Yeah, but be very careful. Hold on. If you're going to say this about her, I would feel more comfortable if she was right here. See, holy people don't have to whisper. Because what I said to one, I can say it to all. Division. And then about then there's something else that's our obstruction for that keeps us from revival and experiencing the refreshing of the Lord. And many of y'all are not gonna hear this one. Many of you are gonna miss it. But hear me, it's familiarity. We can become so common with each other, we can be so common with people's humanity that we miss out on their divinity. Who do men say that I am? 
Some say you're a prophet. Some say you're a rabbi. And truthfully, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, was a teacher. And he was a prophet. But he was not just a teacher. He was not just a prophet. Because if he's just a teacher, all you can get out of him is lessons. If he's just a prophet, like Islam says he is, all you can get out of him is a prophecy. But Simon Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. I need you to tell somebody, he's more than a teacher. He's more than a prophet. He's my savior. And you can't make me doubt him. I know too much. And so this is what happens. We have a revelation of God. But we have a limited revelation of each other. That we become so familiar with other, each other. That we mishandle holy people and holy places. Now I'm going to come through here just for a second. I want you to walk with me in, in my closing. I'm thankful for the progression of the Pentecostal Apostolic Church. Now all of you who think church is strict now. You have no idea. I wore my first pair of shorts six years ago. And it ain't happened many times since. Because of how I was raised. They held us to a standard of holiness. They said it ain't just on the inside. What's on the inside is going to reflect on the outside. Oh, they held us to a standard. And I used to, when I talked about the old saints and their standard, I used to talk about it sometime. Maybe not intentional, but almost in a little condescending way because I thought it was primitive. But the older I get, the more I realize that if that generation would have started at our liberty, where would we be today? Because now I'm talking to a generation that there are some things I think we should understand. That you don't post your half-naked body on Facebook. That's just some things... That you don't need a secular song to advertise a spiritual event. There's some things. I mean, you and your family went to the beach. Be with your family. Why well, I got to see it. Because everybody can't look on your body and then respect you when you try to lead me into worship. I'm still thinking about the image I saw. And so, some of, the, some of those things, man, I would dare put that on y'all. Some of that stuff, I wouldn't put it on y'all. It would halfway kill some of y'all. I don't understand how some of you say you all churched out. You only come to church one day a week. Do you know how many times we went to church in one week? You ain't all churched out. You just stayed up late watching pornography. That's why you're tired. You, you're not... Come 
on, tell the real thing. Tell the whole story. Yeah, I ain't going to be able to make it because I got work in the morning. But sin will give you strength. Come on, I want to expose the devil because we start making a whole bunch of excuses. And some of you, when it's time for you to serve, you start making up lies. Hear me. Although we have progressed, there were principles in some of those things that we've lost in transition. Because when we were growing up in church, if you had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the service, or you came in late, I don't know if y'all, maybe it was just in Virginia, but you had to say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, God bless you, excuse me. And somebody like, oh, that's too much. You're right. Maybe we don't need to. Maybe you shouldn't hide behind your finger. But now, people walk in church with no reference. You got group chats going on in the middle of the service with no reference toward God. You on Instagram in the middle of the church service and you wonder why there's not a move of God that produces results. It's got, we got to make sacred things sacred again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not telling, I'm not telling you you got to wear long sweeping skirts and I'm not telling you that when Bishop walk in you got to lay on your face. But let me hear you. Let me tell you something. Prosperity of people are limited when they don't honor the voice of their leader. You will never draw from a place or a person that you don't honor. Mm, hallelujah. I don't need my pastor to be my friend. I need my pastor to be my prophet. Mm. I don't have to be his armor bearer. I never have to walk in with him. What are you here for? Expose yourself. What are you here for? I'm here for the word. You ain't got to make me no elder. I don't have to be a deacon. If you need me to serve, I'll serve. But at the end of the day, I need the word. Somebody shall give me the word. Speak the truth to me. Even if it hurts my feelings, challenge me. I want to grow. Don't let me live in my sin. Cry out. Spare now. Hallelujah. The Bible declared in Acts chapter 3 verse 19. He says if you want to experience the refreshing, he says repent. All right. He says what? A, a word that has escaped present day church vernacular. I'm about to pray now. I'm about to pray now. Hallelujah. I'm about to pray now. I came through as a prophet tonight. Maybe you missed it because I didn't call out your social security number. I came with a prophetic word tonight. I came with a prophetic word. I'm not, hey, hallelujah. I'm not just telling you houses are coming. I'm telling you that the sword of the Lord is coming. And you better make sure you're on the right side of God. You, hey, hallelujah. Somebody shout, I want to be right with God. He says, repent. And I want, I want to be very clear with you. Because some of you have char char charisma and Pentecostal experience without holiness. You didn't come through the veins of holiness. 
there's a, white, a way to seem right unto man. But the end thereof is, this is revival. Come on, y'all talk to it. It's destruction. So, so hear what I'm saying. There is new teaching out here now. They have built an altar to what we call hyper grace. Now, I believe in the grace of God. I grew up in a legalistic, law-based tradition. So I need to know that there's grace for me. I do. I need to know that when I sin, there's grace for me. And that, you know, when sin abound, grace much more abound. Bishop, I need to know that. But for me to embrace that and not embrace the rest of it will put me in a dangerous place. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? There's a response to that. God forbid. How can we who are dead to sin? Oh, my, I'm sorry I'm not hooping it out, y'all, but I got to say what the Lord says. How can we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? Grace is not weak. Grace don't just catch you when you fall. But grace can keep you from falling. Tell somebody, there's got to be some victory in your life somewhere. At some point, you should be able to look and say, there are things I used to do. I don't do no more. Or at least I don't do so often. There should be a victory in your life somewhere. Some of them are teaching grace in such a way, Bishop Sapp, that they tell us there's no need for repentance. Because... Christ died for us and he died for our future sins. Now, before some of you traditionalists fight me on it, I believe that. I believe that not only are my past sins forgiven, I believe my future sins are forgiven. I'm going to prove it to you. Because when Christ died, I wasn't born yet. All my sins were future. I hadn't committed sins with Christ. Christ died 2,000 years ago. But the application of God's grace... It's through the conduit of repentance. If you tell me repentance is just for the Old Testament, there's a challenge that in the New Covenant, when, there, when John is writing to the church of Sardis, he says, repent quickly or I'll remove the candlestick. Which is the sign of the Holy Ghost. And this is why when David got down before God, now, this question is, how are you going to respond to God's challenge of you? Some of us are so prideful. This is a sign of your spirit of pride. That when you are challenged about your stuff, you bring up other people's names. I know y'all ain't talking to me. Y'all need to tell her. I know you ain't talking to me. I know what you did two years ago. See, oh my God. When you want to be right with God, when you are confronted with your sin, it causes a conviction. This ain't going to be y'all's favorite message of the week. It's all, I got the, I'm sorry, I got, no, 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 Shonda. God love you enough to tell you. He said, David said, Lord, creating me a clean heart and give me an oil change. Hey, renew the right spirit in me. Glory be to God. Because I still want to be right with you. Hallelujah. It's not about what church people know about. 
I want to be in good standing. And let me tell you what repentance is. Repentance is not just when you cry. Repentance is not when you just feel sorry. But repentance is a change of mind. If you just change your actions, it's just behavior modification. But it got to start in your mind. Oh, I need you to look at somebody and say, neighbor, I know what I did. But tell them, if you see the devil before I do, tell the devil, I changed my mind. I'm going back to God. I'm going back to God. There was a young man that found himself in a far country. He was a long way from home. He spent all that he had. And the Bible declared he got down by the pigs and almost ate the slop that the pigs were eating. But at that moment, he had a moment where he came to himself. I want you to pull on somebody and say, somebody in my sin, I still had a standard. He wrote me back, back to myself. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope mercies that will not consume his compassion they are not they are new every morning y'all come on and go with me now tell your neighbor get all neighbor I'm going back to God it's better in my father's house it's better in the house of the Lord pull on your neighbor Tell them, shake yourself. Samson, your hair's growing back. Samson, your strength is coming back. Oh, I feel in my spirit. Anytime God calls for repentance, it's because he's setting us up for revival. Tell somebody he's setting us up for revival. There's a revival that's coming to your marriage. There's a revival that's coming to your family. There's a revival that's coming to your children. I heard they asked Peter and the rest of the apostles. They said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. Got to repent. Push somebody. Huh? You got to repent. Huh? Repent huh? and be baptized. Every one of you huh? in the name. Huh? Scream at somebody. Huh? Tell them you got to have the name. Huh? You need the name. Huh? The Bible says huh? the name of the Lord huh? is a strong tower. Huh? And righteous running and they are saved somebody shout I got the name I got the name the name of the Lord I got the name you got to go down in his name and you shall you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for this promise 
is unto you and your children. They're gonna fall as many as the Lord God shall call. He said, tell them now, save yourself. Save yourself from this untoward generation. Get out of your seat and tell three people revival is coming. Have I changed my mind? I was going one way, but I've changed my mind. I almost settled, but I changed my mind. I almost walked away from my assignment, but I changed my mind. I almost walked away from the ministry, but I changed my mind. Pull on somebody. Say, come on, come on. Let's go back to God. Let's make it about Jesus. Let's make it about Jesus. Change my way of thinking. Change my thought pattern. Some trust in the horses. Some trust in chariots. The people of God, we put our trust in the name. We put our trust in the name. Somebody turn around and say, I changed my mind. repentance it came in with a sound the Bible says when God's judgment was pending Jeremiah says call for the welling women it don't mean the men can't pray but the daughter's cry does something to the heart of the father You got red bottoms, but do you know how to pray? Can you pick up a welling? Can you pick up a travail? word only as an individual you miss the message because when God sends a revival the revival shouldn't just be about you when I count to three I want you to make a step in any direction and I want you to throw out your hands and say your family's name one two three Somebody said that. What was that about? That's called intercession. 
The Bible says God sent his judgment through the camp of Israel in the wilderness. God sent them what they deserved. But when Moses saw death coming through the camp and God was taking one after the other, all of a sudden Moses said, The Bible says Moses stood between the living and the dead and kept back God's judgment. Tonight, we're going to take a moment of repentance. And because of some of the things we need to repent for, you don't need to release words. Some of you need to repent in the place of your grandfather. Because it's through your grandfather, through the loins of your grandfather, is what released unhealthy, toxic marital relationships in the family. Somebody got to take on the burden. side of the men on one side and you see them going like this and when I saw them doing it I was like my God that's the same stuff we've been doing in Pentecost I watched the saints start rocking and clapping and we were tearing like this so I asked the orthodox rabbi I said so what they doing we call that tearing he says called shuckling it's when you find the rhythm of prayer. See, that whole point is, is to get so locked in you, you forget everything else. that nothing else around you matters. And something has happened. We got the screens and we got the lights. And some of you, what should enhance our worship experience has distracted you. But I'm going to challenge you. For three straight minutes. Because if you get serious, it ain't going to take God long. I want you to grab somebody by the hand and tell them God is willing. Tell them if you get serious, what you've been needing for a long time, God will do it in a short time. Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I pray that you are blessed by the message today. And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, 
seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.